everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, proudly powered by the nation. We are back. I'm your host, Brooks Barrett. Joining me, as always, my guy, Dustin Wimmer. We took a little break last week. Not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, Tech had only lost to Baylor by a lot. That wasn't going to be fun to talk about. Work took me out of um, out of town for a little bit. So we took the week off last week, but we're back this week with episode 176. We're going to be talking Texas Tech basketball after kind of getting things back on track a little bit. Still a long ways to go, but a couple nice wins. Texas Tech baseball season starts this week, and Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech, so we got a Super Bowl to talk about. So before we get into all that, you got to follow everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, leave us a review. Also, follow our social media accounts. You can follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting and interacting. If you're watching a game and want to tweet with us, that's where we'll be tweeting. Uh, Except for when we're at the games because of bad service at the USA. Couldn't get many tweets out during the Texas game, but we had fun nonetheless also follow our facebook and instagram pages as well also give that youtube channel a follow we're posting clips from each week's episodes there for you if we do a draft if we have an interview if we have a fun little uh segment or something that we're doing we post those clips for you so if you're not able to catch the entirety of the episodes here you can catch uh, those videos on the youtube channel so subscribe to that and lastly if you have anything to add to the tailgate any comments questions anything you have for us anything you want us to discuss on the show you can email us at tailgate talks pod at gmail.com so with all of that said let's go ahead and get into this week's episode we're gonna start this thing off right Well, it's been a minute since we've talked to you guys, so let's take a look at previously what happened with Texas Tech basketball uh, in the week break that we took off. Texas Tech was uh, blown out by the Baylor Bears in Waco, uh, 89-62. to Not a good game, one that we didn't really care to talk about. That one got away from us quick. That's all you need, though. Army of memory from that game, whopper, whopper, double whopper. Oof, that was, yeah, that was definitely a whopper game for us. Like, oh, whopper game. Uh, we followed that up with a close loss to Oklahoma State uh, in the week where we found ourselves down by 15 points, made another comeback to get it close, and then had Oklahoma State uh, miss a game-winning shot only to have a wide-open rebound oh, and put back with – no time left on the clock to get the 71-68 win over the Red Raiders to move us to 1-10. But things starting to look up, Dustin. Texas Tech upsets number 12 Kansas State Let's last go. Saturday, 71-63. to Fardaz Amac made his return in that game. And so uh, their second win over top 15 Big 12 team in two chances at home. And then we follow that up with a game that we'll stop everything and talk about here with a upset victory of the number six Texas Longhorns as they came in on Big Monday 
and the Red Raiders saw themselves prevail thanks to a career high from Davion Harmon. And we saw the Red Raiders win at the United Supermarkets Arena, 74-67. to Texas' best team in a long time. Yeah. Texas Tech's worst team in a long time. We still get the job done. So, Dustin, let's take it back to Monday night. Your thoughts on what was a pretty fun game there at the USA. Very fun. Great atmosphere. Obviously, everybody showed up. Got the blackout memo. So, the crowd was there. Raucous students were chanting it. F you everything and talking to Brock Cunningham when they could. And uh, what an upset. And like, that was probably our best full game of the year. Like, yeah. Best first half by far. Um, and then you were able to keep them away and they tied it up a couple times late, but then quickly you blew it back up and handled it. And that was the nice thing is like, you had a good four to eight-ish point lead for most of that second half, honestly. So it felt yeah. pretty good, uh, even though you weren't playing great in some stretches. You never had that that super drought that we've seemed to go on or the yeah. second half, like, woes. Like, you came out of the locker room. Your first four minutes were good. About the, I don't know, 11-minute mark, somewhere in there, you went on a drought and let them get some layups and dunks and back in it quick. But then you cut it cut it off and got back to game plan and got back on track. So that was like really nice to see like a full 40 minutes, not very low and making some crazy shots that usually the other team makes on us. Yeah. You were making them. (laughs) Yeah. Like bank was open for everybody on our team. I mean, Davion, we'll talk about him in a minute, but like, golly, even he was making some ridiculous stuff. Yeah, it was a fun night, and yeah, to echo off what you said, you know, I think you played your best two games of the season here back-to-back. You know, you held Kansas State to 63 points, and then, uh, yeah. you, you know, you were pretty much in control of that game for the most yep. part, got close at times, but then you followed that up with another really good performance. You held the highest scoring team in the Big 12 to 67 points. Yeah. Um, you know, your defense has been looking much better these last few games. And then, like you said, you're able to find offense when you need to. You didn't have those just crazy runs where you all of a sudden find yourself down double digits or anything yeah. like that. You had your you pretty much had control of the whole game. It really felt like until kind of there in the second half where Texas made their run to tie the game, which led to like one of our favorite moments when all of a sudden, you know, Dylan Disu hits the three. It's a tie game. Texas is now like, all right, we're going to, you know, maybe get in here and steal this game. And they all come back to the other end. They all slap the floor like three yeah. of their players. Slap three the of floor. like domino effects slap the floor. And then an immediate 6-0 run from Texas Tech in response to that. And, and not just like a 6-0 and run. Yeah, layups, putbacks, alley-oops, like all at the rim. Terrible defense by Texas <laughs> down the stretch there. The best that was ended the first up- one, like, just dump in the AMAC. He turns around. Oh, O'Banner's wide open for an alley-oop. Here we go. Wide <laughs> right open. after you Twice. Well, like once was the alley-oop, and once he just <laughs> was wide open down in the paint, dropped yep. it to him. O'Banner got the dunk. Um, and so, yeah, just uh, uh, poor defense by Texas and then some – uh, opportunities for Brock Cunningham to cut into the lead that he failed on, oh, which Brock. we also loved. Um, Brock Cunningham, our sixth man Thank for you, Texas Brock. Tech Love out you, there. 
he had seven points, but you know, they, they he had some wide open threes, some big chances, yeah. and every time he shot it felt pretty confident. Brock that it wasn't went three go for in. nine total, one for five from three, and obviously yeah. had the the missed layup at the very end that they drew up for him. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most interesting thing is that in a game saving play, like they needed to score, they ran a you play. You have for all Brock. these other guys, like <laughs> Marcus Carr, who couldn't be stopped. Like Marcus Carr, like that was probably the one thing is like you couldn't figure out how to stop Marcus Carr. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to throw it up to the player. Marcus Carr is kind of one of those guys that yeah, he's, when he gets going, there's really not much you can do to stop him. And he was just hitting just about everything. The only dude who really kind of killed you in that game. But um, you'll take the one guy going off and nobody else really doing anything. Timmy Allen was terrible. Yeah. I think he had two points from the free throw line. Other- while we're on them, like really the reason they didn't play good is because two of their best players kind of played like crap. Like Timmy Allen, obviously is a 2000 point scorer, great from the mid range. And he was over on shooting and got two points off free throws. Yeah. He missed a lot of open bunnies. And like even easy shots, easy, like right by the rim. Sometimes like shots. He only had five rebounds. Like he was pitiful and we got really lucky that Serge Jabari Rice went cold second half. Yeah. He came out and made two straight in the first half and he's probably the best shooter out there from both teams consistently. No shit. No shame to Kerwin there, but like consistently best shooter and the best shot faker. And we got lucky. He missed a lot of good ones and only went two for seven from three in the end of it. Yeah, I think he made his first two. Yeah. And after that, you were like, oh, man, it's going to be one of those nights for him. And then, yeah, he, he kind of disappeared. I think he got into foul trouble, too. Well, um, so that kind of limited some of his Remember play, that but... waste foul he took first half? Yeah. And yeah, just like a random I remember, like, foul. second half or second watch of the first... game, I was like, oh. Yeah. Me and you were like, what the hell is he doing? Why would they take that? Especially when the press break didn't or press didn't work. Yeah, Davion was on the other side, ninety feet away from the basket. Yeah, he ended up getting the second or third one, and he still played twenty four minutes. But yeah, that definitely restricted him a little bit. Thoughts on the crowd? So it definitely was a different atmosphere than last year's. Obviously, some things have changed. There's a different coach (laughs) manning the sideline, Um, and so some of that animosity we had for UT for that is gone. But uh, we hate Texas nonetheless. We hated them before Beard got there. We'll hate them after Beard is gone. Uh, but it def- it was a little different, you know, not as packed of a cr- house as it was last year. Yeah, still a good turnout. It's still pretty I think loud. That's also he- on on you. Like we're not good. Like yeah, three, yeah, three and nine or what a two and ten, whatever we were. Like it's mostly on us. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just like, you know, I've been kind of lazy in, in attending games. It's like, hey, we're not playing really good. Do I want to waste my night driving into Lubbock to sure. watch us lose? And, <laughs> of course, you win these last few games. And so uh, now it feels like, all right, maybe we've got that home court advantage back. Seems like we're playing much better at home. Feels like we're going to be able to win uh, games now at home. So that makes it worth coming out to. But yeah. I don't know. I don't want to like get mad at fans for not showing up. But, yeah. you know, Texas is something that you still always kind of get up for. So I expected it to be a pretty good crowd. And really, for the most part, I, you know, the, the section behind the students wasn't very full, but all the other yeah, upper deck sections that, were really full. What the deal was there, it looked like non students had tickets up there. 
So I don't know if they were selling them yeah. or telling GA to go over there or they <clears throat> restricted students that much to only the lower bowl part. But that was a big mess up by tickets or whoever working with students yeah. and that whole collaboration messed that up. Cause yeah, that's, that's a good like four sections of empty seats up there that we could have had students in. Yeah, and like some people see that because when you see the swag surf videos of sure, the students, like you yeah, see that empty section, but and videos for sure. But all the other upper deck was was quite yeah. full, so like that that doesn't like show the clear picture of like everywhere else was really packed except two just, seats beside me were always open like all yeah. season. Yeah, <laughs> see all everyone coming to games sit by me. <laughs> yeah, right by us or right behind us. We always have like empty seats available. Don't know who gets those Don't tickets, know how. but um but yet yeah, somehow they're always open, so we always have like friends coming and crashing the game with us. All right, let's take a look at our guys. So some yeah. stats from the Texas game. Let's stop and talk about kind of uh, the guy who's really been huge for you here lately. That's Davion Harmon. He had a career high 25 points. Ooh. 21 of those coming in the first half. Uh, only a couple buckets, but they were indeed big and important buckets down mm. the stretch for him in the second half. Your thoughts on uh, Davion Harmon and and kind of what he's been able to do here over the stretch, which has been playing really good basketball. Yeah, he's been hot the last, I don't know, four games maybe. And I mean, 34 minutes, 9 of 17, 3 for 4 from 3, and made all his free throws like – he was in his bag at one point in that first half. He had eight straight points on his own. Like came down, hit a three. Yeah. Came down again, banked in a three from the same spot. Came down again. It was a heat check got shot. Got one of those in. layups where he turned around and faked three different times. At three different, and then, oh, got it. Like, yeah. He was in his bag so good. And that changed the game from both sides because at halftime, they had to make big-time adjustments on defense. Texas did. Mm-hmm and really tried to take him out of the game. And so from there, we were playing mostly through like AMAC and a couple other guys. Tyson kind of stepped up a little bit early second half too. And so that really helped us out and hurt their defense to have to zone in on one guy so much. And then, of course, you know, when it came down to crunch time, you needed one more bucket with 40 seconds left. He drew it up for him, and he took it to the basket. And I don't know how he got that angle to make it in so high off the glass going so fast but he he's good at it and i'm glad he's getting hot right now yeah his the confidence that he's playing with is definitely something you need one of the it's it's large it's very large right now um you know the the way how he gets some of those layups to fall is crazy like the two layups he had there in the second half were both like over taller defenders high off the glass um and like he's fast so he's moving at a pretty quick speed as he falls over brooks layups up yeah he he never never lands on his feet on a layup um but it's pretty impressive and it's the confidence that you need you know one of the things this team's been lacking is that kind of like guy who you trust down the stretch to make the right play and kind of since the iowa state game he's kind of really become that player for you zero Um, turnovers also yeah he's taking care of the ball he knows what and what I think has become really interesting, he was frustrating early on, but I think he's kind of like figured it out. But he yep. knows 
he knows what he's doing so well. He knows where he wants to go get, and he knows he can manipulate the defense to get the shot that he wants. And he can figure out crazy ways to get the <laughs> shot up, whether it's like you said, shot faking like three times. Shot fakes, and half then, spin, shot fake again, keep going with the spin, shot fake again, reverse <laughs> spin. <laughs> it's like he's playing bop it out there or something, except it's bop it with like basketball version yeah, where you've got to juke it. He's just like it. joysticks going crazy. He just right. keeps hitting the spin button. Spin, circle, X, spin, circle, circle, spin, circle. Spin, <laughs> He's um, doing all sorts of different. On that point, though, before we move on to like our next individual players, I think our whole offense. I don't know who's running it and who's made the call, but like you can tell, the last handful of games, like we're not trying to play half court offense anymore, or we try not to do that as much as we can. There's still yeah. a few times, like yeah, you get stuck, you got to set, try to set something up, but. For the most part, we're going down and shooting in the first 15 seconds, and we're moving more. And feels like we know if we have, yeah, it feels like we if we have an advantage, we're trying to take a you know take advantage of that and try to get a shot before. But if the defense is set, we'll try to get into an offense. But yeah, I've been super impressed with Davion. He scored at least 19 points in every game since Baylor. He had 20 versus Baylor, 19 versus Oklahoma State, 20 versus Kansas State, the 25 versus Texas. So he's really getting into a rhythm, kind of becoming that guy yeah. who can close games out for you. Gets he gets you shots. You know, that's that's what you need is somebody in those crucial situations who can knows where he wants to get on the court, can get there, and can make the shot. Like that's a huge thing to have. And so um seeing him play this way as of late uh gives you a lot of confidence. Another guy who had a really good game versus Texas, Kevin O'Banner. Uh, he had 19 points and seven rebounds, hit a, several threes there in the first half, and then, yeah. you know, had the big buckets down the stretch, you know, the dunks uh, down to kind of give you that lead there that you end up holding on to and winning. Your thoughts on Kevin O'Banner, who's had kind of some streaky performances this year, but, you know, shows yeah. up in this. In the battle moment. of 2,000 point scores, ours showed up. Mm-hmm. Texas did not. Timmy Allen was zero. Kevin O'Banner was one of our best players the entire game. Played the most minutes for you at 36. Even got a bloody nose at one point. Yeah. Whacked in the head. But, yeah, hit two early threes. Hit five of ten total from the field. Seven of seven from the free throw line. He did it. He made them all. We always kind of shit on them when we're watching games that we never know if they're all going in or not (laughs) with him. He's been so streaky at the line this year. Um, it's never a given, but today it was. And so, yeah, great to see like your your big time leaders show up for you like that. And he had like a few. He had three blocks. I was gonna say he had a few. Yeah, and a couple of them were pretty critical ones. Like oh yeah, stretch there. And they were you know just straight up really good defense like around the rim where we had guys seven had... total blocks as a team in this game, yeah. which is a ton. Yeah, crucial ones where it felt like, you know, Texas yeah. was about to make a play and then, you know, O'Banner was right there to get the stop and and get you the ball back. And so I was really impressed by him. Zero turnovers from him in this game. Even though he, tried yeah. to, he tried to throw one. It got tipped, luckily. But, um, <laughs> you know, no turnovers from him. Good shooting game from him. If he hits a couple threes early on, you always feel like, all right, we're going to get an engaged Kevin O'Banner this game. And, and he was that, and so really impressed with his performance yep. um, and getting those big buckets for you, big rebounds, uh, good game from him. Fardaz Amak, who made his season debut against Texas in Austin, 
uh, came back against Kansas State, had solid minutes for you there. He comes back in this Texas game, has 12 points, eight rebounds, three assists. Your thoughts on Fardaw's AMAC and his presence on the court and kind of what that meant for us in that victory. Presence on the court is right. He looked good running up and down the floor and looked really good rotating on defense is what I noticed. Like he was looked a little slow in some games early on. Um, Yeah. You know, this is the second game of his return, second return, I guess you could say. And he looked really good when they'd switch off and he'd end up in rotations and running out. And sometimes he ended up running out on the three point shot and still coming back for the rebound somehow. Like, he was everywhere, and then it was great second half, I thought, running offense through him when Davion was getting smothered. And he made some great decisions and passes and was – like there was one play me and you talked about during the game that he got it, was about to rotate it. They would have stolen that. He held it but didn't – or he held that pass, switched over, made another pass like – dribble and a pass immediately didn't hold on to the ball and like oh what do I do next like the ball never stuck and that's what was pretty clutch with him and yeah like led you you led your team in rebounding him and O'Banner were clutch for you like being two bigs down that rebounded really well because we kicked their ass in the rebounding battle and that was huge for us yeah, I, I thought, you know, he plays under control on offense, yeah. which is something you just you want from him. He had those nice assists to Kevin O'Banner down mm-hmm. the stretch, you know, um, finding him. Uh, and he was a real big key of, like, he being some being of the tall. pressure. Yeah, likes being tall. It. Man, it's so nice to Here's see. Like, as much as, like, you know, we do, do love Bacho, he frustrates us because he doesn't play tall. He goes down low to where the guards are when he gets the ball. There was that nice little play where they dumped it into Fardaz. And he's just like has the ball up here, and he just goes up and scores. And then he's kind of laughing. He even jumped. He's just like, I'm yeah. just oh, there. Put it up there, and we're like, wow, a big guy being big. That was it. Was just really fun to see that. Um, but yeah, I, I was really impressed with just kind of how he let the game come to him. Never really felt like he was forcing anything. Dang, ESPN. Pull up ESPN. Like, <laughs> I could tell. Always doing that thing where it's you know muted video, muted video, muted video, and then all of a sudden it's playing sound. But I, I was just really impressed with how he played um, offensively. Um, and, and, yeah, he did all right on the defensive switches. You knew when Marcus Carr had him, Marcus was trying to put up the three. And But, you know, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the other sure. guy. But um, playing really good, I thought, in um, in just his second game yeah, back like, of the return of the return, you know. his <laughs> He has three turnovers on his list, but – I think a couple of those should go to Jalen Tyson for not giving him very good entry passes on some of those second half plays. Like, yeah, there were some soft entry passes. Make sure we feed him better. Yeah. To make sure we can yeah. get him set up, you know? Yeah, didn't really have an advantage on some of those posts. And, and you know, Texas was always trying to trap him anytime he got the ball. Uh, and so I think some of those lazy, lazy passes led to those turnovers. Yeah. But ultimately, a successful game for him. And I think he is making a difference for this team on the court. He provides uh, experience, provides rebounding. Um, yep. You see those rebounding numbers in this game. You dominated the glass. Yeah, we kicked uh, that ass a large there. part to him and his ability to even just get a hand up on the ball, knock it to somebody else. So um, great job from him. Love seeing him back. Plus 11 court. in rebounding as a team. Yeah. And you hadn't been. You Ooh. hadn't been like that. I think even like Kansas State, you're still giving up like almost 20 offensive rebounds. So – um, you need to, 
need to secure the glass. Amac does a good job of helping you do that. I think he helps create easier rebounds for O'Banner as well. Um, and so yeah. his presence on the floor is known. Anybody else that you kind of want to talk about from the Texas game? Uh, yeah, two two bench guys that I thought played well was Demorian Williams and Elijah Fisher. They've been playing really well. F- yeah, for the last couple games, probably the last two weeks, really. I mean, well, our guy Elijah Fisher got a start versus Kansas State. <laughs> yeah, and so Demorian with twenty two minutes, Elijah with seventeen. You know, they don't show up in the in the points very much, but Elijah plays great on ball defense, had some had five rebounds that were really good, some hustle plays on the floor a few times. And his four points were strong, like strong takes to the rim where he had to like finish. He made a few moves and to the basket. And I swear he was doing like the Michael Jordan monster arm to like scoop that in. And like so it's nice to see him starting to find his wheels on the offensive end. Um, DeMorian had a clutch three in there to help us out. So couple good minutes from those two guys to really help us off the bench. Yeah, it's been a big, big stretch of games here for us on Elijah Fisher Island as he's you know, getting more minutes and more chances to show what he can do. And, uh, you know, he looks like he belongs on the court. You know, that's what you want from yeah. from a guy like that who hasn't got to play a whole lot this year is taking advantage of those. And I think he's doing some really good things for you. He creates kind of a mismatch on defense, too, because of his size, yeah. his strength and his quickness like he. He can he he's perfect for the Mark Adams defense because he can really guard all positions and do it well. Um, really happy with him. And the other kind of thing about this stretch of games that you've had, where you know you've now won three out of the last five, so yeah. you're you know above five hundred in your last five games. You're getting contributions like you pointed those guys out. You're getting contributions from everybody like in these games. There's not Kerwin Walton didn't score, but I thought he played some really good defense. He actually played some good defense. Game. You, yeah, him. you and me looked at each other. We're like, what is happening right Turn now? Turner's playing defense. He got a steal. <laughs> uh, I was about to mention that too, like to kind of piggyback on that. Like the last two-ish weeks, you've noticed we've opened up the rotation of guys. Yeah, like yeah. we played 10 guys. I mean, only three of them, three Jennings at seven minutes, Lamar at nine, KJ at eight. The other guys are in the – teens to 20s range and only three of your guys in the 30 range like that's a lot better on those guys to be able to rotate in like that and then show they can contribute like that's nice to know you have eight nine ten guys that you can yeah. play on the court it's about what you do with those minutes and i felt like you know jennings had his seven minutes i thought he uh, was good and and added to the team. I you know KJ had some nice minutes. He had a huge block. Um, that was an yeah, open. Had, oh yeah, I went rewatching that. I, was, I it was like damn. I it looked nice in the gym, uh, but you didn't get that great a view of it from the TV. It was awesome, but you know he's giving you good minutes. Um, Lamar, you know, wasn't as good in the Texas game, but he was huge in the Kansas State game. Had the best game of his career yeah. in Kansas State. So like you're getting contributions for everybody. Kind of feels like this team is really starting to gel. Yeah. Maybe a little too late. Um, but you know, I feel like the rest of the season is a good chance just to try to build on, on these wins, see what you can do. Um, you know, right now, I think the goal for me is let's get to the NIT. I think there's an outside chance you can still make the tournament because you still have, because that's the thing about the big 12, every team you're playing is a great win. So whether you're beating West Virginia or beating TCU, like all these teams, Let's, a really good win. Yeah, let's talk about the schedule real quick. Yeah, because I'm I'm 
I'm starting to wave that flag of, oh, we got a chance here. We got a chance, but I don't want to get like, I don't want to get like confident and then us lose to West Virginia and then it'd be like, all right, now we don't have a chance. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We have, besides the at Kansas game, like, go ahead and chalk that L up just because it's at Kansas. You don't have a strong team. Very highly unlikely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you have four very winnable games against the other lower teams in this conference Oklahoma, West Virginia. I'm forgetting everybody else. Uh, TCU and Oklahoma State. TCU and, and TCU's banged games. up. That's why I put them kind of in that yeah. category. They're hurt all over, so you can get them at home, I think. You have a good chance to win four more games and get to seven wins in the yeah. middle pack of this group. And like That's the thing. That's the thing is like you, <laughs> you're you, two, you have three road games and two of them are against two of the bottom teams in the Big 12. So it's yeah. like, all right, we know every Big 12 game is hard, but at least you're not – having to go on the road to right. like three great teams. You've got Oklahoma, who, that's a winnable game. West Virginia, that's a winnable game. Kansas, well, you know, they're playing really good like now. So, yeah, that that's a loss. But then your two home games are against an Oklahoma State team that you could have beat and a TCU team that you could have beat. And like you yeah. said, TCU's banged up. And now you're starting to play much better at home. So you feel like you have that home court advantage back, which kind of felt lost earlier this season. So, there's definitely like four winnable games in there. And right. if you're looking at like your record right now, you're three and 10, four wins gets you to seven, which feels like that's the cutoff that's of what, what you need. RC made it sound like that's kind of the magic number is like, you got to get to seven, even if that's getting into six and then a plus one in Kansas city, because Kansas city can help you. Um, yeah. You'll match up against, I don't know. Texas or whoever you'll match up with a probably a bubble team because yeah. you know this what the seven ten and the eight nine play to start so, so it's like um, you can get you know, another bump to seven or even eight in Kansas City yeah and that should get you in with how the whatever you want to look at RPI net all the ranking stuff it's like everybody besides us is a ten or higher seed like yeah there's nine <laughs> nine teams making the tournament right now and we're knocking on the door <laughs> yeah it's like you're the you're the only team that i've ever seen in a conference to have three wins and then all be against like top 15 teams and then people start looking like oh no <laughs> but yeah i mean there's an outside chance i there i just is. don't want to get too hyped about it and then let's turn around and then lose on saturday and then it'd yeah, be like gotta right, win well, the first one yeah, so up next for the Red Raiders, Saturday on the road at West Virginia. It's a 11 a.m. tip-off. Uh, I think I, I mistakenly wrote noon on this, but I think it's an 11 a.m. tip uh, for yes. that game. And then you go on the road on Tuesday and you face the Oklahoma Sooners. So two of those big chances right there. You get those games right out of the way here. Um, if you're able to do some damage, get some wins there. Um, hey, it's a whole new season for down sure. the stretch for you. Um, and so uh, there, there's still a chance. So, you know, yeah. we're going to see it still. Keep I love that. It. I'm we just looking straight ahead to West Virginia. I'm just yep. looking. That's all I'm focused on. The next game, the next win. Let's get that win against West Virginia and see what happens. But uh, very much in the race. Uh, and, you know, NIT is still there when it kind of felt like you had a shot at neither. Just, you know, maybe a couple, maybe even last week. Uh, but. Um, nice to have some positivity for the basketball team for sure. <clears throat> and, uh, that 
that about all you got for basketball this week, Dustin? Yep. All right. Well, that covers our basketball talk for this week. We'll get back with y'all next week. Hopefully, we'll have a couple more Texas Tech victories to talk about. But there's a little bit of football news that we got a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes. Um, most people know went to Texas Tech. And he won a Super Bowl. So we're going to go over, talk a little Texas Tech football news with Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl, a Hall of Famer from Texas Tech University, and some assistants getting paid. So let's talk some football here, Dustin. Somebody turn on some damn All right. So Super Bowl Sunday was uh this past sunday the nfl season has come to a conclusion football is well not all football is over but you know pro sports college football is over xfl kicks off this week so there's still going to be football on your on your screens on the weekends but uh texas tech alum patrick mahomes wins a super bowl so we have to talk about it the chiefs beat the Eagles 38-35 in what was one heck of a, of a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl, his second Super Bowl MVP after being named the league MVP for the second time. So lots of accolades this season for our guy Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but Dustin wanted to get your thoughts on what was a really exciting Super Bowl. That was an awesome game. Like one of the best you've ever seen, like front to front to back, like Eagles dominated the first half. Mahomes re-injures his ankle. I was already like, oh, no, don't let it end yeah. like this. And somehow he's like amazing second half and like can run 25 yards. God, that whole run, I was like, get down. Get Stop. down, slide, get slide, down. slide. <laughs> get down. Um, and then, yeah, the Andy Reid and company and Mahomes draw it up to never get stopped second half and complete the comeback. There's no time left for the Eagles to really do anything and just really cements his legacy already as one of the best quarterbacks ever. And he's only been doing it for five years. Yeah, he's uh five years, never missed the AFC championship. And oh, what was the stat you told me the other day? <laughs> that was the first playoff game that he has worn the white jersey in the playoffs. They've worn red and been the home team in every playoff game, Super Bowl that they've played in the last five years. It's absurd. <laughs> yeah. That's absurd. Um, and then the one time they wear white, uh, they win the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, yeah, just honestly really impressive from him uh, to do what they did in the second half there after the, the bum ankle, um, you know, just his, his uh, gutting out that performance, that run, the throws he was making, the plays that they were dialing up. I mean, Corn Dog, our new favorite play, Dustin. Corndog. That, that has to be your favorite play of all time. Scored. We're getting Corn Dogs. Two Corn Dogs. Uh, two two corn touchdowns. Dogs. Um, you know, they, they had the Eagles defense, which was, you know, getting praise for their pass rush, was completely non existent. The Chiefs' offensive line was incredible. They beasted, um, yeah. Mahomes' Great ability game. to escape was a huge part of that. And then the Chiefs' running game was, like, killing it, too. Awesome, Pacheco yeah. was awesome. And so uh, just a well-rounded game from the Chiefs. A um, couple of things I wanted to talk about with this game, some points specifically. Um, one Big 12 item related, uh, a, a, a team um, – grew the turf that was played on and <laughs> tweeted about it before and Jesus, probably yeah. has some regrets that they bragged about 
that field, and that is uh, Oklahoma State University. And what a disaster! <laughs> what a disaster that yeah, was. Yeah, they were like, we create. This is like a new created blend of turf, I guess, and they created it or something, and it sucked. <laughs> And it sucked. It, it, nobody could plant. Kickers were falling, slipping when they were trying to kick on their plant the foot. The best like analogy I heard of it was like when you're like a something happens in a ice arena and somebody with regular shoes has to go out either like for a celebration or the athletic trainers and they're like, whoa, whoa. Oh <laughs> That's what the football field was. Yeah, it was it was god awful. It really, really was. It was so bad. A lot of dudes were having to change cleats. Um, yeah, really poor, really poor field. Uh, the other one, uh, the holding call, Dustin, as an official, it's something that's been uh, talked about a lot. But what was your thoughts on the holding call there at the end? Yeah, I mean, it was there. He held them on the spin around trying to get out. Not afterwards, like everybody keeps freeze framing. Um, he even admitted, yeah, I held them. But he's got a good point of. They've been letting it go all game. They didn't yeah. call it at all all game. Uh, didn't call it earlier in the game when the same thing happened to Juju over the middle and got held. Um, but, I mean, maybe they did see, yeah, it was there. It was enough. Going to get them. And it also might have been like the ref thought, like, oh, I didn't miss that one earlier. Like, mental note, well, let's not miss that again. And then that's just when it came up next for him. So, yeah, the timing sucks for Philly, but it was there. So you can't kind of say anything bad about it, I don't think. Like there's – yeah, like Sirianni said afterwards, and like this is what I always say, like you can, you should never have to blame the rest for something. Like there's a million things you as players and coaches can do during that game to help yourself out more than that ref can hurt you. Yeah, I don't think that's why the Eagles lost the game. I, they had a 10-point lead at halftime with Mahomes on a bum ankle and the best pass rush in like, the NFL scene. Um, so maybe do something and maybe stop Mahomes once. And they, yeah. they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. So I, you know, there's a lot of other things. Um, you know, I agree. I thought it was a hold. But, you know, I, I wasn't watching the game close enough to see if, like, the refs had just been letting that go all game. My always – my argument – my big argument with officials is, like, just be consistent and that's where like I have a lot of issues it just feels so inconsistent from time to time and so like I think back yeah that juju play earlier wasn't called like you know if I go back and I don't not gonna do it because I don't have the time or the want to but you know go back and look through all those plays and see where like their holds like that that they were just letting go and then all of a sudden it's a call that's when I would have an issue with it but um you know it is what it is the guy held them and yeah. I think it was part of my take today was like, uh, honestly, that was the dumbest play. They should have just let Juju go score the touchdown because then they would have had time to go back and score. Yep. The only thing that they didn't want to have there was a first down. So um, they needed to let the Chiefs go score a touchdown. That and way they like, would have had time. I don't know if they mentioned it, but like, you know, the turf's going to be super slick. So you're going to lose some footing. Maybe don't be hugging the guy. Yeah. When he makes a break and you have to make a break and one of you slips. like Yeah. And it was the same kind of play that they had scored on twice. That that kind of route that Juju was running there. Yeah, that, in and out. Like, like, inside and then cutting back out. And in, you know the defense was probably looking for that. And he realized he was getting burned, grabbed to try to 
try to give himself a chance. But hey, it happened. Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs got to celebrate today with the parade. Fun time for Mahomes and the start of a, an incredible career for him. Anything else you wanted to touch on from this game? Yeah, I mean, he's already got two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. Led the league twice in passing yards. Led the league twice in passing touchdowns. Pro Bowl in five years. If you care about that? Like he already has a Hall of Fame career, <laughs> and that's yeah, awesome. Considering he has at least probably ten more years in his bag. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I don't know how you could leave him out. He's already got two Super Bowls. There's some NFL greats that only won one. You know. Um, you know, you look at like Aaron Rodgers, only one one. So to get that two, I always think, you know, to get more than one kind of puts you into another tier of, yeah. of quarterback class because Trent Dilfer can get one. <laughs> so like <laughs> to be able to get two is a big deal. And, you know, the Chiefs are, you know, here to stay. And he has a chance to add on to that. He's the surest thing since another guy we'll get to talk about a little bit later on. Agreed. Like. AFC championship, like every single year of his career, that's a safe, safe bet. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, and the start of a dynasty, see and if like, they can make it three or four guys that, you know, obviously want to go play with him. Like, yeah. You want to go be a tight end or a running back or a, or like receiver. a receiver, like Juju, <laughs> like go play with him. You might not get yeah. paid as much. Who cares? You're going to get a ring. And freaking yeah. Melvin Gordon got a ring for me on the practice squad. Yeah, I had no idea he was even there. <laughs> He's like, I didn't do anything. They carried I me. Carried I got one. Let's go. I mean, yeah. Awesome. I mean, like, Juju's the perfect example of that. Yep. Sign a one-year deal. You want to go play with the best quarterback in the NFL, go sign a deal there, go get a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, right. that that's the possibility that uh, Pat, Patrick Mahomes brings you. And so, uh, really impressive for him. Uh, and it was a really fun weekend for Texas Tech football legends because, like we said, Patrick Mahomes won his Super Bowl, won league MVP for the second time. Um, but uh, a tweet that we all saw and immediately got really happy and excited for was Texas Tech legendary linebacker Zach Thomas finally, finally gets the nod and gets the call from the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, Dustin, your thoughts on what was a, a well-deserved but way too long of a process for long. Zach Thomas to get in there? Exactly. Like football, the NFL football players have been saying for a long time, like he was one of the best I played against. I mean, he was in that era with Ray Lewis and Brian Erlacher and better Thomas. better stats than Erlacher, but Erlacher made than it. Erlacher. And Erlacher got in just because like. He's a legendary Chicago Bears linebacker, and they made it to the Super Bowl, you know, once or twice during that that span. So that kind of helps. But, like, you put them side by side, Zach Thomas was the best NFL linebacker comparatively. And so, like, it's great to see him get in. Um, My only gripe, I guess you could say, is that David Baker from the Hall of Fame retired. So you don't get the biggest man on earth to congratulate yeah. you with a huge smile and handshake about it. It was yeah. Jimmy Johnson that did that it. That a good video. <laughs> but Jimmy Johnson, that video with Jimmy did, I felt like that was right for Zach with sure. Jimmy being his coach. So yeah, it felt, yeah, like, I did like, felt like the right guy to do it. But yeah, it definitely would have been cool to see. If big, that's the route they go, like, because David Baker, I'm pretty sure retired. Yeah, um, he did. 
if that's the route they go, year. they should try to like make a correlation between the player and a, right. a Hall of Famer to do it for them. Yeah, it's like, like if it was your former coach. coach yeah. yeah, that'd be really Teammate, cool. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, like seeing that video, uh, definitely got tears in my eyes. Oh, yeah. um, well deserved, Zach Thomas. Um, legendary Red Raider, legendary Dolphin, legendary NFL career, much deserving. Uh, just wish it didn't take that long to get there, but right. hey, he's there nonetheless. And so uh, we have a Red Raider in the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, he'll be joined there uh, <laughs> sometime. Uh, when oh, Patrick yeah. Mahomes eventually makes I'm it there. Just leave but, the spot next to him open. <laughs> yeah, just leave that spot right there. Uh, but much deserved and really cool. Really cool. We'll be, uh, you know, Red Raiders will be tuned in for that NFL Hall of Spain Hall of Fame speech. Sure. I'm sure Red Raiders will make the trip out That's there cool. just to see that guy because we support him so much and he's been uh, huge for the Lubbock community and giving back and everything like that. So uh, proud of him and proud of that and. And the last little tidbit of Texas Tech news, Dustin, the uh, assistants all got a raise and uh, I think signed three-year or three-year contracts or something like that. Or yeah, Tech football assistants on Wednesday all got extensions, all ten of them. Um, new old coordinators, everybody got extensions. The two coordinators, Deruder and Kitley, that we thought had a very successful first season and like and want to keep around. Um, that hasn't been the case for a lot of the last 10 ish years. Um, they both got extensions and raises. So that's nice. And I mentioned that and I wanted to bring this up because like, if you start having success, you're going to have guys that want to get plucked away. Well, now it takes more money to go pluck Zach Kitley away. You know, like Notre Dame's having a hard time right now finding yeah. an offensive coordinator because they don't want to pay him. And that's stupid, especially when you're a giant institution like Notre Dame. And so Miami was having the same issues, I think. So when you have a good one and want to keep them, you got to pay them. And so that's awesome. And then, like, to keep all 10 of your assistants is really cool and, or give extensions to them, however, their contract was set up. Because these guys are your best player developers in the practice facility and whatnot and recruiters. Yeah. And so like huge to keep them and keep this thing rolling. It's like, that's really awesome for us. Yeah. You, you know, when we interviewed Keenan Ward, like the first time, it's something that we've brought up a lot since then. And it's always on my mind is that consistency yeah. you know, that you get to have yep. and what that means for all these players to have the same offensive coordinator, the same offense. And you get, you know, now you're on your second year of working it. Uh, you got the same defensive coordinator, the same defense, the second yeah. year of working. We only like, replaced that means, one yeah. assistant coach this offseason. And from all, like, way everybody was talking about it, like, you might have upgraded that position. Maybe. Um, yeah. You might have, might have. You know, Emma Jones was a really good coach, but, um, you know, the guy you brought in is supposed to be, he's Juice. You call him Juice. You don't hire a guy named Juice and he'd be bad at his yeah, job. Consistency so. is huge for that. You're right. Yeah, so looking forward to that and, and you know, Deruder did a great job and Kitley's learning and you know you got to see the offense kind of grow a little bit throughout the year it had its struggles but um that was kind of be expected with the young coordinator taking on um you know power five league for the first time and so we'll I'm interested to see how he grows and develops coming into his second year but yeah big big that you're uh taking care of these guys assistance uh mean everything to the head coach the head coach isn't isn't shit without these guys so um 
So love that. Love that we're shucking out that money to keep those guys. We'll see how that translates in year two. Uh, but but football season is, you know, in its off season, but a team that's getting ready to kick off their 2023 season is Tim Tadlock and Texas Tech baseball. So, Dustin, let's go over to the diamond and let's get ready for a little Texas Tech baseball. Well, Texas Tech starts their 2023 season on Friday as the Gonzaga Bulldogs come to Lubbock to take on the Red Raiders. Uh, Gonzaga, a pretty pretty good little baseball squad. I think they made the tournament as a two seed last year. Um, so that's a good series to kick off the baseball season. We're not going to deep dive the baseball team right now. Uh, we've been focused on basketball and baseball season kind of snuck up onto us, but kind of like we did with basketball, we're going to kind of wait to maybe see his team play, uh, kind of see some of the players and everything like that before we really break down everything that's happening. Um, but definitely wanted to shout this team out before they get started. So Dustin, how are you feeling about this upcoming season for Texas Tech baseball? Yeah, feeling good going into another baseball season. Tim Tadlock never really disappoints. He reloads very well, this team. So, obviously, the expectation is to have a really good season and Big 12 conference and make the tournament and make a run in the tournament. Get to that second second uh, weekend in that. Yeah, I'm excited to have it back. I think we could all agree that last year was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah. He didn't host a regional. Um, yeah, that was like the first make time in five or six years yeah. you didn't host one. You didn't make it out of your regional. Um, you were a three seed. Like a lot of things that, you know, it was a little frustrating pitching wise. And then all of a sudden your bats didn't work in the regional. So I think a lot of us are are anxious to see what this yeah. team's going to look like. And if we can get back to the ways that, you know, we're accustomed to here, which is competing to go to Omaha. And so that's what I'm looking forward to. I know I kind of, uh, Red Raider dugout, uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he, he does a good job of covering the baseball team. Um, I, I went and read some, some of his articles. He has some stuff up about the new faces and familiar faces uh, so you can kind of get familiar with this baseball team. But you're definitely you know, not bringing back as many guys as you're probably used to. I think there's 20 guys that you're returning, and then the rest of the team is a bunch of new new faces. And so um, there's some guys that will, you know, you'll see out there that you'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, and then there will be a lot of guys you're going to be wondering who that is, where they came from, um, and all that stuff. But a solid mixture. Seems like we've got a lot of talent, though, um, yeah. and, and, and seems like we're really deep. And so uh, for me, yeah, I'm excited to see him get out there. I'm excited to see, you know, what the pitchers can do. I feel like that's the biggest question mark Always every year is, is can you – uh, like can you be healthy at pitching and your pitching survive the weekend can you get three solid starters to get those friday saturday sunday starts in um uh, feels like the bats usually are going to be working for you so excited to see this baseball team in action uh get out to the law this weekend if you get a chance to go support these guys as their journey in the 2023 season begins Dustin, anything else you got on tim tadlock and the squad no good luck out there boys yeah, good luck out there. And as we talked about, you know, we'll we'll dive into this team a little bit more um, after we kind of see them in action uh, a few weeks and, and get a, a clearer picture on that. And maybe as basketball stuff kind of winds down, we'll we'll try to incorporate some of that. But of course, we'll keep you updated at with their season as things go. Update you on the results each week here on how their season's going and everything. Uh, in any sort of breaking news or stuff like that, we'll always be sure to mention that. Um, but that covers everything Texas Tech related this week. 
Uh, before we get y'all out of here, Dustin, what is your final shot? Nothing, man. I'm going to give it over to you for yours. Yes, this is an audio medium, so y'all can't see me right now, but I am wearing a LeBron t-shirt. My favorite basketball player uh, has become the NBA all-time leading scorer, an accomplishment he uh, passed last week as they played Oklahoma City Thunder. They did lose the game, but LeBron uh, definitely got his scoring title, and the Lakers definitely didn't act like they lost that game. Um, but it was fun to see. I wasn't, I didn't think that he was going to be going for it when they were playing the Thunder. I, I know you and me were kind of texting back and forth, like, like, do we need to, you know, you know, let's watch tonight. Let's see. And very early on, you could tell he's like, I'm going for this. It, it, it felt very early on that it was like, all right, he's going to get it tonight and get it over with. And he went off in that game. He had a, had a really good game hit a, one of his signature fadeaway yeah. shots to uh, to get the record. Uh, a guy who's no longer a teammate. Did you see that photo of yep. Thomas Brown Bryant hey, in the post job, posting man. up, calling for the ball? Doing his <laughs> Immediately job. Immediately got traded uh, right after that. I'm looking at um, that. LeBron should have passed it. He was open. I don't know. You, you go for it. He was going for it. He was going for it. But be fun uh, before I dive into like my full and complete thoughts, what did you think about uh, LeBron? Yeah, it's cool to watch. I mean, record. he's been obviously amazing for 20 years, and the, to live up to the expectations that he was given as a 16-year-old, like not even out of high yeah. school yet, and going to play for your home state city team for a long time, and lots of uh, expectations on your shoulders, and to live up to that is pretty incredible. And so, yeah, it's cool that he has one of the best records that we thought was untouchable for long long time I mean, it's been almost 40 years since it was broke so like pretty incredible for for him to be up there yeah yeah the record is was like a year older than lebron lebron's 38 and i think the record was at 39 years that Crazy. Uh, kareem had had it so uh lebron breaks the record but yeah i'm you know that's one of the main things for me is you know, the first time I remember hearing about LeBron James was when I, you know, went to the mailbox, had that Sports Illustrated article yeah. that had him, the chosen one on it. Um, and then from there for like, you know, 20 plus years, been watching LeBron James games yeah. and to, you know, so many expectations on you at that young and to get there and surpass all those expectations and to become the all time NBA leading scorer while not being like, a known score, never being like the league's leader in scoring, um, being kind of a guy yeah, who likes to distribute it. He's not a great shooter it. until yeah. late in his career. Like he was a drive and get to the bucket and free throw line kind of guy, you know? Yeah, hard earned but consistent. You know, he Very. scored double digit points, I think over a thousand and a hundred straight games. I think the closest person to him is like Joel Embiid with a, like a hundred. Like that consistency, the ability to, you know, be healthy for all these years, never really missed a whole lot of time. That's the thing is Um, the health. Yeah. The health, the longevity of his career and, you know, still playing at this high level. Like he's 38 and while his team isn't doing very good, he's still putting up like 30 points per game. Uh, He's playing better than anybody ever at this age or at this point in their career. Uh, And so for me, like, I'm not a big LeBron, Michael Jordan debate guy. I love them both in their own ways. For me, like what separates the two is just that I got to 
grow up actually watching LeBron yeah. play. Like I wish, I always wish that I could have been this age watching Michael so I could have appreciated oh, yeah. him more, but I was just a kid when Michael was right. playing. So I didn't really get that, that full experience. I've got the whole LeBron experience. And so that's just kind of why I favor him is just, I, I got to watch that and that longevity that he has. I definitely think Michael's peak was better. Um, but how LeBron stretched out this career to where he's yeah. 20 years in and playing the way he has. I hate that uh, argument of people like, well, he just, he's just done it because he played so long. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's part of the, part yeah. of it. <laughs> it's part of it. Yeah. Uh, Michael retired, you know, Michael retired twice. Uh, he retired he twice game. and like he, he fell off, you know, when he was getting towards the end of his career and then playing for, with the wizards, wizards you know, yeah. like, he wasn't playing like this, like LeBron is now. And then, you know, LeBron, you know, at his peak was like Mahomes is becoming in the NFL. Like LeBron was a guaranteed finals ticket every single year, nine straight years. They made the finals and while they lost some of those. Everybody wants to be like, oh, you lost them. But, you know, he made it there. He Got had there. a chance. He gave his chance, his team a chance to win it every single season. Um, and so I, it's just a really cool accomplishment for him. Uh, something that was really cool to see as a big fan of his. And so been fun watching him all the years and, and, you know, he broke it and he still got a couple years in the tank from what it looks like. So it'll be interesting to see how high that point total gets. Um, and what's probably going to be one of the most impossible records to be in all of sports. Like there's, uh, there's several out there that you feel like are never going to be beaten again. And this is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, it felt like that before, and it's definitely going to feel like it when LeBron's career comes to an end. But um was fun to watch. Definitely had to shout that out. Um, uh, anything else you got on that? feels like you want to no, say man. one more thing. Nope, I'm good. But yeah, I had to get that in for my final shot. Congrats to LeBron James. We know a lot of you listening probably aren't the biggest LeBron James fans, that's okay. Um, but, it, you know, all we ask is that you can uh, just appreciate some yeah, of the greatness exactly. because it is pretty cool uh, what he was able to do. And so, yeah. But with all of that said, that will do it for episode 176. Uh, make sure you are following the tailgate, catching everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks. You got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings. Five stars for the tailgate. Also, if you listen to us on Apple, write us a review. Go give our social media accounts a follow as well. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. That's the social media account to follow out of all of our social media accounts. It's where we do most of our posting. But we do have Facebook and Instagram if you want to go give us a follow there. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we're posting clips from each week's episode. So subscribe to the channel. Um, but we thank you guys for listening to us uh, talk about a fun Texas Tech win. Uh, Super Bowl, LeBron James and all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us and as always we will catch y'all at the next tell.